Hello, Oilers fans. Welcome back to another episode of Game Over Edmonton. I'm Zach. I'm alone today, so it's going to be a pretty interactive episode of Game Over. Uh, it's going to be me. I'm going to. I want to know what everyone else thought of that game. I can see where our chat's already filled up with Dallas Stars fans, and clearly you guys really enjoyed it. So, yeah, fantastic for you guys. Me, I'm absolutely disgusted with the effort we saw today. I don't know if it's because of the matinee games. I don't know if it's because of the way they ended against New Jersey. I don't know why this happened. I don't know what's going on, but it's something we got to talk through. We got to figure it out. And, you know, it's one thing for us to figure it out, but it's also something Jay Woodcroft really needs to figure out as well, because what's going on now is completely unacceptable. Like, I know the, the loss against New Jersey, where you come in and, you know, you lose within the last three minutes. They score, New Jersey scores two unanswered goals or whatever. They come back, they steal the victory from Jaws defeat, but you're still able, that's still a highly entertaining game. The Oilers played well enough to win. There, there was just a number of positives you could take away from that game. This game, nothing. That was an embarrassing level of effort from 18 skaters. I thought Dylan Holloway was the best player on the ice for the Oilers. It, that should not be the case. Dylan Holloway's career high in ice time before this game, and I don't know how much he played tonight. It felt like he definitely was on the ice for a lot more than he usually is. He His career high in ice time was 10 minutes. Like, seriously, what are we doing? I feel horrible for every single Oilers fan that paid to go to the game. I already saw it starting in chat at the beginning. I see uh, JHB says, trade Pulu for an actual defenseman already. Jesse is one of the few players who showed up today. He actually created with his beautiful pass to Nurse. He create. He was one of the few Oilers who created odd man rushes. He was not. I, I don't know how much he played. Let's check on Jesse's ice time tonight. Jesse Pugliarvi played ten forty nine. So he did play. He didn't play a lot. And this is the other thing. So Jesse didn't play a lot, and he still managed to create. He still was physical. He still, you know, he was actually a zero. Uh, I know plus minus isn't the best, but I don't have natural statric open uh, right now to check everything the other more, you know, accurate metrics. But one player tonight specifically, and there's a ton of stuff we have to get into, um, who was, I don't even want to say unlucky. I think he is just at this point, clearly bad is uh, Kyler Yamamoto. Another person we need to talk about. I think it's finally time we address it. It's There's enough waiting about Jack Campbell. We need to know what is wrong with Jack Campbell. What are we doing going forward? I don't think he should get a start. Unless Stuart Skinner comes out and lets in 10 goals on 10 shots, Jack Campbell should not see the net for the next five games. An unacceptable performance. You are being paid to be a starter. I, I, I did some digging on some stats before the game, and we'll get into that. It's really interesting when you look at Campbell. But I need to calm down. One thing we need to do, make sure we do before we get into all the rest of the Oilers stuff is a message from our friends at Sports Interaction. Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. Football continues, the World Series is ongoing, and the hockey season is well underway. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets, made for Canadians by Canadians. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. All right, now, one other thing before we get into all that. I keep forgetting to say it. Guys, everyone in the chat, please like the video. Helps us out a ton. 
we don't really have much marketing budget going into these games and we're trying to build something so if you guys could all like the video and you can watch me get super angry scream whatever but please like the video but yeah all right first things first jack campbell uh i see everyone in the chat you know going off laughing at campbell trade campbell ha 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 no way we're trading campbell we are stuck with jack campbell thank the lord thank the lord that stuart skinner has played fantastic I did, I did some digging in, uh, into the numbers. Before the game started, I was on. I went on to moneypuck.com, and I looked at each goalie's low-danger save percentage, medium-danger save percentage, high-danger save percentage. I looked at Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner's from this year, and I looked at Mike Smith um, from last year to see kind of what we're used to, as well as I looked at uh, Igor Shesterkin's because I wanted to see what the best of the best is. So, Jack Campbell... This year has a 975 low danger save percentage, and Stuart Skinner has a 974 low danger save percentage. Up until this game, Jack Campbell was stopping everything that he needed to stop. That's why when people were watching Campbell, and he was had such bad numbers, but it was really tough to judge him because it seemed like he was stopping everything that he was supposed to stop. You're like, well, you can't fault Campbell on this goal. You can't fault Campbell on that goal. Like, you know, it was a tip. It was a cross crease pass. It was a breakaway. It was a two-on-one, whatever. And Campbell, you know, wasn't making the saves and the other team was scoring, but Campbell wasn't necessarily playing poorly. Although, then you take a look at his medium danger save percentage. So, you know, chances obviously a little tougher. Goalies a little lower of a medium danger save percentage. Jack Campbell this year is an 889 medium danger save percentage. Stuart Skinner has a 958 medium danger save percentage. For reference, last year, Igor Shosturkin, who won the Vesna, had a 913 uh, medium danger save percentage. So Stuart Skinner... That's that's why we think he's been so good. He's stopping everything and way more than he needs to stop. Not sustainable right now the way he's playing. He's playing way above his head. I, obviously, I hope he continues as long as he possibly can. Stuart Skinner's game is going to balance out at some point, and we're going to need Campbell to pick it up. This is the thing. Also, and just for reference, last year, Mike, Mike Smith had an 882 save, uh, medium danger save percentage. So very similar to what Jack Campbell has this year. This is where the interesting stuff is. Last year, Mike Smith had a nine or a 726 high danger save percentage. He stopped seven out of 10 high danger chances, pretty much. This year, Jack Campbell, before this game, had a 464 high danger save percentage. Six out of, almost six out of every 10 high danger chances are going in the net on Jack Campbell. Stuart Skinner, has an 813 high danger save percentage. Igor Shesterkin won the Vesna last year with a 764, and Mike Smith last year had a 726. You can just see the level of goaltending that we're used to that from last year from Smith, the goaltending that we got or getting from Stuart Skinner, and what Vesna quality goaltending is. And then you have the complete other end of the spectrum where where Jack Campbell is. Unacceptable. Not NHL caliber. You need to figure it out. And I understand the methodology with giving Stuart Skinner or giving Jack Campbell a start today. You you sign this guy to a huge deal. He's clearly struggling to fit in. He's trying to battle as hard as he can, and you want to give him every opportunity you can to take the net. You want him to succeed. You don't want him to get too far down on himself mentally and build way too deep of a hole. I understand why they went with Jack Campbell. Or yeah, with Jack Campbell. But 
the fact that Stuart Skinner has been playing like above Vesna level, uh, this game seals it. Jack Campbell is done. Like you need to go and spend 40 minutes with Dustin Schwartz after practice and figure out all of your issues because you cannot keep, we cannot afford to keep running out and letting you figure it out in season. That's it. We're now, I think the others are now seven and five. Like you had a five game win streak. These two losses, even though it's just two losses, you put them completely behind the eight ball. Like you are now so like you need to keep winning consistently. You need to come back and you need to do a lot better because this is not acceptable. Um, yeah, I have a ton more stuff to get into, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going back to the chat just cause I'm alone today. So I'm, I'm still learning, you know, transitions and whatnot, not my strong suit at the moment, but let's see what everyone else is saying in the chat. Um, BC white boy. I knew this would happen with Jack. He was the same way in Toronto. He is very mentally weak and not a starter. I mean, I see that. I hate saying stuff like that, but you can see it. It, it, it. He's the same goalie here as he was there. I don't know what the Oilers were expecting. Sign him. Do I, I still like the signing in theory. In theory, it makes sense. I ace nasal tax, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very upset. Um, it's just, just it's, this game was just horrible. And also, to make matters worse, the worst possible outcome, like Jamie Benn to get a hat trick in the luckiest way possible. Oh my god, after watching what he did with Zach Hyman, uh, when Warren Fogle gets blindsided into the boards, whatever, Fogle is spinning. Fogle, one of the, like, are, are his skates just too big on him? He is one of the most, like, inefficient wonky skaters I've ever seen in my entire life I've never seen a stride where someone just goes up and down so much it is the weirdest thing I've ever seen I don't understand how like he's so but how he's even played in the position that he is because I'm frankly two guys I'm done with Fogel and Yamo we'll get into that one thing I was talking about was the play with uh, with, uh, yeah, where, uh, Hyman goes. Yes, yes, yes. So Fogel gets crushed in the boards. Uh, Hyman runs right at Pavelski, shoves him. Love that from Zach Hyman. Honestly, very unexpected, very out of character. I love that he's standing up for his teammates, but, you know, Zach Hyman's the noted children's book author. We don't necessarily see him engaging, like, besides actually during play, we don't see him engaging too much in those, like, extracurriculars. Um, so to see that, and then you see, I think it was Rupe Hintz turn around, slash him, take the penalty, love that. And then there's the absolute most embarrassing part of that is Jamie Ben coming over after, grabbing, grabbing Hyman, and, <laughs> like, what are you doing? You're adults. Like, Zach Hyman's just standing there, one hand on his stick, and Jamie Ben just slashes it right out of his hands. Like, I mean, okay, fine. That's not even, like, a good troll. Like, it's not even funny. I saw the NHL tweeted after. I'm like, are you serious? Like, that's not even, that's not even good. Like, if you're gonna try and piss people off, do it effectively. Do it physically. Like, what are you doing, Jamie And then when Hyman bends down to get his stick, you, you see uh, Jamie Ben just punching him in the back. Then the refs come over, and you can see, you can read Jamie Ben's lips. He's yelling, he's holding my stick. He's holding my stick. Grow up. Like, your team's winning. You know, go focus on hockey. What are, what are you doing? Jamie Ben? honestly, one of the most, like, I know he got a hat-trick tonight up until tonight. One of the most useless double-digit million-dollar hockey players ever. Your own GM literally said he regrets signing your contract. Like, what are you doing? 
go like get better. You suck. Like stop. I get he got a hat trick, and, and frankly, I'm the one who looks like a fool because the Oilers took the L and Ben um and Ben you know got the hat trick tonight. But I don't think it was a well deserved hat trick. You see on the power play when the stars are on the power play, he gets the luckiest bounce in the world off Ryan McLeod. You got Campbell going one way. You got it bouncing right to Ben. Ben gets the most wide open net. You have Carol Vamelka yesterday passing him the puck. Like, come on, man. Figure out yourself. Like, what are you doing? Focus on hockey. That 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 was something that really, really irritated me today. What what else What else is going on in chat? I see Heiskin is McDavid's kryptonite. And, and I, I I don't necessarily think Heiskin is McDavid's kryptonite. I don't think anyone is McDavid's kryptonite. But I will say... Connor McDavid, I, I even wrote it down. He struggled to get gain get inside when he was at full speed. And one of the things he likes to do is he likes to get full speed. He kind of angles himself to the side and he tries to cut in on the defenders, try and like split them and get a nice clean shot off or, you know, end up because he's so fast, just completely turn it into a breakaway or whatever. And the Stars do have a very efficient back end where they're able to keep up, keep McDavid on the outside, which is not an easy thing to do. And I noticed right at the end of the broadcast, they said something really interesting. The Dallas Stars are now 3-0 in the games that Jake, since Jake Ottinger has gotten hurt. And you know what that says to me? It says, with Jake Ottinger, they knew that they had such a fantastic goalie that they were going outside of their structure and they were trying to do too much where they're trying to, you know, be way more offensive and do be what they're not and score all these goals and ends up obviously backfiring them. They're giving up way too many chances, even though Ottinger's fantastic. They obviously lose a few games. But now that they have Scott Wedgwood in net, they're com it's completely different. They're completely sticking to their structure to a T. Like, this might have been one of the best defensive structures we've seen so far this year. Uh, this is by far the worst effort we've seen from an Oilers team so far. But also, I want to give, like, full credit to... Dallas, where it's due, their defensive structure, not tonight, I guess, today, was A1. It literally couldn't have been much better. Um, so, yeah, full credit to them. I thought Edmonton, honestly, at Dallas's PK was solid. I think they, uh, they always had six power plays. They only scored once, so to hold Edmonton to one for six was is a super solid, uh, super solid. And Edmonton lost a special teams battle. That's another thing they're going to have to figure out. Like, I thought Edmonton tonight, up until that last four-minute power play, they had more chances on the penalty kill than they had on the power play. I think, honestly, says a little more about the power play than it does about the penalty kill. Because the, the for the penalty kill to, to go out and do that, like, I think there needs to be major changes made. And I think the lineup needs to see some major changes. Like, they're... Uh, there are two players, again, I'm done with. I They they need, whether it's scratched or demoted or whatnot, we need to figure it out. And John, I see John Parker saying, well, what is exa what exactly is a well-deserved hat-trick? Well, I can tell you, it's when McDavid or Jadassana gets a hat-trick, not when the other team gets a hat-trick, because that's not deserved. I mean, also, Jack Campbell, you know, one goal, off his glove, whatever. Uh, horrible. But, yeah, what else is going on in chat? Um, Yeah. But you can say the same about Nurse. I mean, yeah, no. On the first play of the game, uh, the first goal that Dallas scored, Darnell Nurse completely loses his man. And uh, I think it was Joe Pavelski. Wide open net. Like, it doesn't get much easier. And again, that's one of those high danger chances where I get that Campbell didn't save it, but you'd like to see some sort of effort where he does. And, I, and it's almost like, it feels like a ridiculous ass to save that kind of stu stuff. But like, 
you gotta when you're in the NHL and you're a starting goalie, you're gonna you have to stop odd man rush. You have to stop these defensive breakdowns because especially when you're the goalie for the Oilers, you're gonna they're, you're gonna give up grade A chances. One thing that I think is now abundantly clear through you know the twelve games this year, the Oilers defense overall. You know, Nurse looked really frantic tonight. We all know we all know what Darnell Nurse is. He'll have his ups, he'll have his downs tonight was kind of a down, even though he scored. He he needs um the Oilers defense isn't good enough. This is not a defense that would get that gets you back to the Western Conference Finals. This is not a defense that gets you past the Western Conference Finals. Something needs to give. Whether you change the pairs up and you need and you get another top four defenseman that you can play on the left side, because Brett Kulak, as good as he is and as effective as he is. Um, he clearly cannot handle playing as a top four left defenseman. You you need to have someone of equal caliber that you can kind of balance the second and third pairs and minutes wise and have it lot stronger defensively. Because when you have a pair of Nimalainen and Barry that you got to shelter so much and you got to watch whatever they're doing, like you saw against New Jersey when Nimalainen and Barry go out against go out, New Jersey immediately comes back and scores again. Like you can't that pair clearly isn't good enough. The Oilers' defense clearly isn't good enough. And we're getting to the point where you need to make a trade because we're in win-now mode. McDavid is under contract four more years. Dry settle, three more years. If it was up to me, obviously it's not. I'm just a fan yelling into a microphone. I don't really know what I'm talking about. You all can all tell me that. But if the Oilers would not pick in the first round for the next four years. They, they shouldn't. Those players, like you see, even Dylan Holloway, who they picked back in 2020, he's, I thought he was effective tonight, but he's clearly not making an impact. Jay Woodcroft won't let him make an impact. Like, what, what are we doing saving our Reed Schaefer picks? What are we doing with saving this pick next year? Like, I hear Oilers media already prepping people for the fact that they're not going to trade the first. You better trade the first. I don't know how Philip Broberg hasn't been traded already. Because Philip Broberg is an unknown asset. We could trade Philip Broberg. I'm not saying he is the most trade value, but anytime you have a top 10 uh, pick who is a defenseman who, you know, has seen, albeit small success, you've seen, like, you can see he's still a player. He There is something there, and I think he has value around the league. You can move him to a team trying to move a defenseman. I don't know if it's Jacob Chikrin. I don't know if it's Vladislav Glavrikov. I don't know. And again, you're not moving... Uh, Broberg in like a Gavrikov or a Susie trade. You need something there because right now the defense is not cutting it. You can tell by the way the Oilers defense is playing. Nurse is missing. Simons, Barry, everyone left and right, not good enough. Anyways, I think it's abundantly clear now that defense needs a major change. I don't know if they're going to. And the other issue is too, Broberg's hurt again. In, uh, Broberg played one game. He played like 24, 26 minutes and he's now out for another week. Like, what are we waiting for? Are, are, why is he still an Oiler? I, 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 Broberg could be Broberg could be a top 10 defenseman in the NHL in seven years from now, and the Oilers could have traded him for a rental. Would not care. Would not care. Because Broberg will not be an impact player, will not be an impact player for the Oilers on these contracts that McDavid and Drazzle are currently on. I... Borgo looks like he's good. You have Borgo. You have Schaefer. Like, plan to move the picks because you need help on defense. And another place you need help is on the right wing 
in the top six. And yeah, I'd also, I see Stone One in the chat saying, imagine we draft Zegers instead. I, you can go back on Twitter where everyone was screaming for Zegers when the Oilers had the pick and they went for some unknown defenseman under Sweden. What can you do? It sucks. Zegers would look good. Who knows if he would be the Zegers in Anaheim that he is, or he would be the same Zegers in Edmonton that he is in Anaheim. But it's super frustrating. One guy I'm done with is Kyler Yamamoto because I saw people, I brought up on the last stream, people were tweeting about him being hurt. If you're hurt, stay out of the lineup because you are not effective in the position that you are currently playing in. You've been stapled to one of Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl for the last 12 games, for the entire season. And you have done nothing. Nothing. And I see earlier in the chat, people are ragging on Yessi, who had a point tonight and played fine, yet the play dies on Yamamoto's stick every single possession. It is ridiculous. I don't know how he is immune to criticism. He deserves oh, he deserves a lot of criticism. I saw him out. He was out with uh, Yamamoto. Uh, Yamamoto, and the, at the end of the game, was out with McLeod and, um, McLeod and Ryan. Like... Playing with Ryan McLeod isn't necessarily a demotion. If it was up to me, and you saw Dylan Holloway, full credit to Woodcroft, put him in the top six, and he, and he it was working. You, I would lean more playing Pooley where and moving uh, Holloway down. Yamo, I, I, I'm done with. I'm sorry. Like you, He needs a full reset. Remember at the beginning of last year when the Oilers scratched Ethan Bear? Or the beginning two years ago, whatever that was, when the Oilers scratched Ethan Bear? Don't think it was the right move. But I think the mentality that Tippett had in scratching Ethan Bear to get that hard reset and realize that his play is not good. Uh, I think that's the type of mindset you need to give to Yamamoto's game because this is where Jay Woodcroft has kind of lost the plot. Because I saw, yeah, at 5-on-5, I know after the second period, Kyler Yamamoto played the second most of all Oilers forwards at 5-on-5. What? He was horrible. Are you kidding me? No. There were 10 Oilers who were better. And that's not saying much because most Oilers did not have a good night. But you cannot keep giving this guy unlimited opportunities and have him give you nothing in return and just go on like it's absolutely fine. It's unacceptable. When you were in that position, like you watch Drysaddle and Kane establish the cycle and you need that bumper. You need that guy who just maintained possession for a second. You don't, you, as much as I would love Patrick Kane, you don't need Patrick Kane there moving the needle. You just need someone who doesn't immediately give the puck away or shy away from contact. He's not that... He's not that badger. He's not that buzzsaw that we saw when he came up during the COVID lockdown. He needs a hard reset. I, I've not been pleased with Yamamoto's play whatsoever this year. It's been it's been really it's been really bad. And and another one, another guy who like what do you do here is Warren Fogle. Like, what do you do? You, I don't know how he's getting consistently gets these opportunities, consistently is always in the lineup, whether it's the top nine, whether it's the fourth line, but he gets, he's not, he's never docked ice time. He's always playing the same. He's always doing whatever. And he like, well, sometimes, you know, once every six, seven games, you saw tonight, he'll fumble his way with the puck. 
Like, I've said this before, I cannot just, no, I don't think anyone can accurately describe the way Lauren Fogle skates and handles the puck. I've never seen an, another NHL player like it. But he'll fumble his way into some amazing opportunity. Like you saw today, it was McDavid-esque. I think it was in the second period where he, like, went behind his back and he fumbled through Dallas and ended up creating a two-on-one. And he had a wide-open shot. And he just, I don't know what he did. He makes the most amazing move ever. And then he shoot, he, he whiffs on the shot like he's playing beer league at 11 p.m. Like, what are you doing? He has zero goals. He's on pace for, I think, eight points this year. And you still have him for another year after this one. He's a contract that I think's got to go. You know... One thing I was thinking about, and, and, and I see Black Massacre, I, uh, I still stick to it. It's a confidence thing. I don't know, like, if it's a confidence thing with these guys at this point. Like, they're playing, they, the team was rolling five games in a row. They, they're not just going to come crashing down so hard, so fast. Like, there's more to it. I think, I, 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 as, as, like, you know, horrible as it is to say, I do think there's something there, but just some of these guys aren't built for the roles that the Oilers are playing them in, like Yamo and Fogel. And I think that those are two guys who I would happily move to make the team better this year for someone. I'm going to keep saying Patrick Kane haven't done that much research into trade into, you know, rentals. One defenseman who maybe would look fantastic. What if, hear me out, have done no research, don't know any of the stats. Everyone might think I'm horrible. Everyone might call me an idiot. Warren Fogel makes 2.75 million. Tyson Berry makes 4.5 million. They make it I think Barry's done, has two years left. Fogel has two years left. What if you package those guys, you say, hey, San Jose, and you give San Jose some sort of asset now because he's worth an asset, and you say, you send us Eric Carlson, we'll have the last four years of that deal. We'll take him till the end of the, it would expire the same year as Kane, the same year as McDavid. We'll take him because he's been fantastic when he's that number one offensive door. Although I guess you had the problem in San Jose with uh, Carlson and Burns. Maybe they have the same issue you run into here with Carlson and Bouchard. Who knows? I'm just spitballing. It's something I thought about you know, five seconds ago. I haven't done enough research to really know if it's a good idea or not. But you get Cam Carlson at 50% is a less small, lesser cap hit than Fogel and Barry. That's all I'm going to say. But yeah, no, let's uh let's see what else you guys are saying in the chat. Um, Yeah, Dennis, what happened to the fast-skating Honey Badger Yammo from two years ago? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Uh, hater, hater, McDater, L, L Yamamoto, word, stone one. Yama has been invisible. Yeah, totally agree, man. Um, yeah, no, Black Mascara. Well, I was act, act, well, I was advocating for putting in the second power play line after the first line played 70 seconds or 80 seconds to put them in in the second period after the first power play line played 45 seconds. What was that about? Yeah, I don't know. Even right in the, the Oilers' first power play. Jay Woodcroft goes right to the second unit. We've seen Drysaddle and McDavid take three and four minute shifts this year. Like, I understand you don't want him doing it, but like when you get a power play, we've watched Leon Drysaddle skate. He is the most, I would argue, he's the most efficient player in the NHL because he can play four minutes. Of those four minutes, how much is he actually moving to tire himself out? One thing I actually noticed about Leon tonight, and it's something he's done a lot, but I really got keyed into it tonight was, when a player, opposing player is looking to make a pass in the Oilers' zone, Leon will hold on to the puck, or they, when they're holding on, instead of just pressuring the puck carrier, Leon will kind of, like, glide 
and just wait for them to make a pass, and he'll have his blade already up in the air, and he'll wait, and he'll wait, and he'll make a saucer pass, and he'll swat at it like he's playing ping pong. And you know, because Leon has some of the best hand-eye in the league, he knocks it down quite a bit, and it's an effective player. But that's the type of, you know, quote-unquote, lazy Leon plays that he, that he makes, which he he clearly excels at. But that's, some, that's something I, I, I did notice. Uh, Kane Drysaddle... Uh, Kane drives it a Holloway and Yamo on the third line. No, totally agree. Yamo needs to be sent down. Honestly, at this point, would not be opposed to a Yamamoto scratch. I, um, I don't know. Woodcroft, like, I, again, I don't want to just blame the coach for mistakes, but there are, co there are clear coaching mistakes. There are clear things that he's overlooking, and there's things that, you, you know, you'd like to be better going forward. I, I'm really hoping that Woodcroft makes some, uh, adjustments, and I th hope they're bigger adjustments. I hope we're running with, uh, Stuart Skinner here, because... Clearly, Campbell needs some work. When you're letting in, again, six out of every ten high-danger opportunities, not even AHL caliber. Not good enough. Another player for me, I saw he scored a big goal in Bakersfield, someone who I actually think about calling up. Again, also, other issue, cap situation. Not sure how they can call people up. We'll forget about that. We'll imagine they can call up whoever they want. Clem Costin, he might be someone who's more useful on the third line. Like, did Devin Shore do anything tonight? to warrant being in the lineup next game? I don't think so. Derek Ryan, two penalties? I don't care that you scored in back-to-back -back games. I don't care that you hit the post on the break by the Bucks. You didn't score. Not good enough. I don't expect Derek Ryan to be a goal game player. I expect him to be, you know, not put the Oilers in a clear hole because your penalty kill sucks. You're one of the key penalty killers. You can't be taking penalties like that. Like, James Hamblin is down in Bakersfield. He's a good option. Uh, Clem Costin down in Bakersfield. Let's see what we got there. Brad Malone, he can't be any worse. Like, there are clear holes on the Oilers that are costing them, and we need to figure it out going forward because, yeah, not good enough. I am so disappointed in the effort. I said this off the jump. So unhappy with the way that they came out. I feel horrible for everyone who paid to be in the building tonight. Um... But yeah, no, it's, it was a tough game. It was a horrible game. If I didn't have to do this, this is a game that I would, you know, spend the majority of the third period on my phone, on Twitter, just laughing at everyone, making fun of them. I feel bad for everyone who sat through this on their couch. Um, I hope that, you know, this, I said, I hope that New Jersey game wakes them up and they were going to come out harder against Dallas. They need to figure out their issues in matinee games because there's a ton. Next week, we're going to be right back here, you know, at 5 o'clock, doing another game over for a game against Florida. Flo a game against Florida is not going to be any easier than a game against Dallas. You better figure out how to wake up and come and play. And you're out east. It's going to be two hours earlier. So if your problem is, you know, oh, I didn't get my nap, I didn't have my routine, grow up, figure it out, because this is unacceptable. Uh, and Caleb, in the chat, yeah, we should check Broberg out. Yeah, totally agree. We should, as, as long as he is an oiler, we should check him out. Problem is, he's hurt. Like, we can't afford to be having these guys hurt. We need to figure it out. Um, Pradlinski, blow it up, JK. But they'll have to make a big trade. Can't be making small pickups slash trades. And I think it's going to put them over the top. Needs to happen. I totally agree. As crazy as it is, Eric Carlson, Patrick Kane, you need to get those guys to agree to want to come here. Carlson, I think with four years left on his deal is a long shot. Probably not going to happen. Patrick Kane, I don't think it's as big of a long shot as people think. That's someone who I would package Yamamoto, Broberg first, whatever. I would send that out the door. 
yesterday, if it meant getting Patrick Kane. Uh, Cher and Shergill. Maybe we overrated this team coming in. And I think there might be an element to that. Like, you look at the defensive corpse, and I think we can all say now that it's not good enough. I, I thought they'd be able to overcome, you know, not having Duncan Keith. I didn't think it'd be as big of an issue as it was, because clearly, yeah, Keith was, was he effective in all his minutes? Not by a long shot. But he allowed everyone to be slotted into the position that they are, that they were, you know, most effective in. And it's just, it's just, it's just tough to say. We need someone who can munch hard minutes on the back end and take some of that strain off Kulak. Because Kulak, as good as he is, clearly uh, can't handle it. Even Nurse. Nurse looks all jumpies all over the place. When Nurse is skating and trying to focus too much on offense, that's when he's at his worst. There was a play where, as crazy as to say earlier in this game, uh, Tyson Berry saved Darnell Nurse's bacon on a two-on-one. Dallas almost got up way earlier in the game. Nurse went on it, but he was had some horrible pinches today, some horrible stands at the blue line. And, and Dallas isn't the most fleet of foot team for them to beat you like that. It's not a positive thing going forward. That's all I have to say. Uh, Dennis says no one foresaw this uh, collapse on both special teams. Yeah, tonight was a today was atrocious. But let's hope it's not like that against Florida. It'll be interesting to see how they come out against Washington because uh, clearly uh something to do with the timing of the games that they play really affects them and yeah man um i, I don't know it's it's gonna be really tough going forward um we'll see i don't uh, but again get to get back to uh the shaden's question I, I i don't think we did overrate them I, I i really don't i do believe when you have Connor mcdavid and leon drysaddle you cannot be overrated um doesn't matter who's on the rest of your team. You like we all expect greatness. We know they're capable of greatness. We just to to see efforts like this, man. It's tough. You could see where the problems are. Like it's so obvious. And I I don't even know if we really talked enough about Jack Campbell. I'm kind of running over time here, but you know whatever. Adam's not here to stop me. So we'll talk about Campbell a little bit, and then I'll we'll we'll call it. But. Yeah, uh, the, you should be talked about immensely the problems on forwards, but and we know what you know, needs to change going forward. But man, I'm I'm running with Skinner now. I I don't know like what happened to Campbell. Does anyone know if the goal that that was scored from like 30, 30 feet out went through his glove? Like what was that? He's staring at his glove like it's broken. He didn't replace it or anything. Like it, like that. I guess if that happened once, it could happen again. Like. You just, you feel bad because it's not like Mike Smith when he lets in a bad goal. He's not yelling at anyone. He gets, you can see he just looks sad. And it just makes you feel really bad. But it's, Campbell needs to figure his shit out. Skinner is playing Vesna quality level. Like, not exaggerating. We went through it at the top of the show. Vesna quality. I would run with Stuart Skinner. Uh, a couple, you know, quick pauses before we figure, before we end it out. Uh, I'm hoping that next game Dylan Holloway stays elevated. He was one of the most engaged Oilers. Watching him go behind the net and take a run at Jamie Benn, he missed completely. But just watching him, you know, not afraid to be physical, not afraid to throw the body, and he does create a lot of chances. He, Pooley Arvey put him on a breakaway as well, almost got his first NHL goal. He's coming so close. It's something I want to see so bad. Um, hopefully that happens. But yeah, I could ramble on about this game forever. Not much uh, will come from it. Nothing positive. There's a ton of garbage. Knight obviously needs to change. I don't think the power play will stay this bad. I think you give most nights you give the Oilers six power plays. They're going to win. Penalty kill needs to be figured out. We're starting Stuart Skinner every game on this road trip. Uh, and yeah, overall, we will. Game over. We'll be back. 
uh, next week, uh, or on Monday, with Avery. Uh, yeah, so it'll be Avery's game. He hasn't hosted that many, so it'll be super exciting. I'll be there and chat with all you guys uh, watching along, watching all his analysis, and I'm super excited for that game. I'm really hoping he gets a better game than I did because I've been screwed. Both matinees I've done have absolutely sucked. So, yeah, uh, I appreciate all you guys, you know, sending messages in the chat. Uh, it helps a lot, especially when I'm alone because I'm just some idiot yelling into the void right now. Uh, and yeah, so, uh, yeah, remember to like the video, remember to subscribe, tell me your thoughts in the comments, I want to know what you guys thought about the game, uh, and I will try and respond to as many as I can, and yeah, uh, thank you very much for tuning in, I really hope next, uh, broadcast there's, um, a better effort for you guys, and it's a more fun one, but yeah, uh, yeah, goodbye for now.